with modernlove.life where we help you get the great loving relationship that you're looking for without having to play mind games, without having to play hard to get, and without having to pretend to be someone or something that you're not because I firmly believe that you deserve to be loved for the person that you are. And if you agree with me and you'd like to help support this channel, do me a favor by hitting that like button and by subscribing to this channel if you're not already subscribed. You may also want to consider subscribing to our free newsletter over at relationshipinnergame.com where we can send you some strategies and tips to help you through your breakup or to help you get the relationship that you want. And if you want to take things to the next level, you might also want to consider signing up for one of our courses such as the X Solution program, which you can learn more about over at modernlove.life ESP. Okay, so today we're talking about why your ex might be upset with you, especially if you can't really understand why they're upset with you. I mean, it's one thing if you know why your ex is upset with you and you know, okay, they're upset with me because I lied to them or something like that. It's like, great, that gives me something that I can do. Again, if this is all new to you, you may wanna check out the video that I did, I think it was last week or maybe it was the week before, on how to get your ex to forgive you. I will put a link up there to the uh, video on all of that uh, once I'm done with the live recording here. But um, if you don't know why your ex is upset with you, there's a couple things that could be going on. First is that they're upset with you about something that has just escaped your awareness. Somehow you are were not present to them being upset with something. Somehow you were oblivious to certain things that were happening. Oh, we can't hear me. Oh. Can anyone else hear me? <laughs> maybe, maybe this whole uh, live stream is not working out so well. Well, I'm just gonna keep talking, and if so, nobody else can hear me, then we'll figure it out. Um, but if your ex, uh, if your ex, if your ex um, says that, if your ex, is upset about something that has escaped your awareness, then um, then what what what's going on is that you need to learn how to pay more attention to the present moment. You need to learn how to put yourself in your ex's point of view in order to understand their experience, in order to understand how they're perceiving your actions or the behaviors that um, that that you're doing or not doing. Okay, because if you try to interact with your ex, if you try to restore some sort of um, connection between you and your ex, and then the two of you are, um, and if you're like not able to pick up on these signs, these clues and all this sort of stuff, which is definitely possible if it's escaping your awareness, um, then you're just gonna walk into a more troublesome situation in the future and it's gonna cause more pain more difficulty and more challenges moving forward. Okay, so the very first thing to do if you have no idea why your ex is upset with you is to work on how you're bringing yourself to the interactions so that you're tuned into social dynamics and other sorts of um, things that could be going on. Now beyond that, um, sure, maybe your ex isn't the, the most communicative person when it comes to voicing their own concerns and doubts and things of that nature. Um, and that's something that absolutely could be an issue as well too. You know, maybe they were upset about something, it was a minor thing, so they just kind of like choked down on it and then it like started to boil beneath the surface and then finally it reached some sort of tipping point and then they decide to break up with you. 
and um, leave the relationship, okay? And they may have not actually vocalized it, verbalized it to you, but it was just something that they kind of suppressed because they're just maybe not very good at, about expressing themselves. And if that's the case, then you know you have to look into your ex's character to see if that's what might be going on in that particular situation. The second reason why your ex might be upset with you is because of something that you did or did not do after the breakup. Now, one really common example of this is that you know your ex could be upset with you for doing something like no contact. I know that sometimes people get advice that says in order for no contact to work, in order for it to be effective, you have to just go silent without letting them know what's going on. It has to be a mystery. They have to be like, what happened to you? Where did you go? It's supposed to make them miss you. It's supposed to make them curious about you. It's supposed to make them fear that you're moving on or something like that. So they'll come crawling back to you over shards of broken glass or some such nonsense. Um, I don't know what it is with the shards of broken glass, but <laughs> people keep talking about it. Um, anyway, and if that's the case, um, you have to understand that the things that you do and don't do are going to have an impact on your ex. Things such as doing no contact without giving them warning, sure, maybe that can work sometimes, maybe it makes sense sometimes, but other times it can also send a very strong message to your ex that you're a low priority to me, I don't care about you, um, having a, a, an interaction or a relationship with you is not important to me. Um, and it can also send them a very strong message that you're not relationship material. And um, again, don't get me wrong, there is a time and place for no contact, and there is definitely a time and place for doing no contact out of the blue. But you do run these risks. That's one of my main points of contention with a lot of other advice out there, is they'll tell you that you need to do no contact all the time without thinking, just turn your brain off and do no contact. And I don't like the idea of turning your brain off and just robotically following some sort of rules because some person on YouTube or some person somewhere else on the internet uh, told you that you know you have to do no contact even though you don't know why, you don't understand it and all of that stuff. You just need to do it as if that the mere act of doing it is gonna somehow produce some sort of magical results. Um, what I want you to do is I want you to keep your brain turned on. I want you to stay present in the dynamic that's unfolding before your eyes. And if it makes sense to do no contact, if it makes sense, then by all means do it. And you know, like we've talked about in the previous couple of videos, the time to do no contact is when interacting between you and your ex is bringing the two of you further and further apart from one another and it is actually deteriorating the emotional connection between the two of you. If the two of you are coming closer and closer together and the connection is growing stronger, then you're doing something right and there's no sense in doing no contact just because. Um, however, if the connection is weakening, then okay, let's, stop being in contact with our ex because clearly something is not working about it. Let's keep ourselves from doing further damage and let's take a step back and figure out what we need to do instead, okay? So um, that's obviously one example of something that maybe you've done after the breakup that could cause your ex to feel upset with you. Um, and the third reason that your ex might feel upset with you is, uh, th this is gonna be a little bit complicated, so stay with me. Okay, so your ex has to have an image of you that's worthy of breaking up with in their mind. Nobody wants to think of themselves as the kind of person that's just going to break up with a well-intended good person. Um, and so sometimes in order to justify breaking up with you, your ex has to kind of twist the truth a little bit or exaggerate certain things or add things that aren't there or take away good things that are there in order to create an image of you in their mind of somebody worth breaking up with. 
Now, maybe they haven't had to really stretch themselves that hard because maybe you may have made some legitimate mistakes in the relationship. You may have legitimately messed up in some way. But other times they may have to take like little tiny things that you did wrong and like blow them out of proportion or something along those lines. Anyway, what happens is your ex has this image of you as a person that's worth breaking up with, okay? And so as they're going about their life after the, the breakup and as they're starting to see you do things, they may become agitated by you doing certain things. They may become agitated by you, I don't know, going to a mutual friend's birthday party um, because maybe they're distorting their image of you in their mind to see you as some sort of callous and uncaring person, someone who's only out for yourself, somebody who never thinks about them or something along those lines. And so they're likely to interpret things that you're doing, things that may very well be perfectly innocent as things of, you know, some sort of malicious intent. Like you're going to this party to try and like win all of the mutual friends over to your side. So, you know, there's all kinds of like weird things that, that they could think. And this makes sense if they think of you as this person that's worth breaking up with, as this bad guy, so to speak. Now, hopefully that's not the, an accurate version of, of who you are. Hopefully that is a very inaccurate version of who you are um, because, you know, hopefully that's a distortion or hopefully if that is something that was accurate in the past, it is no longer something that's accurate because you have taken steps and measures to make sure that you're no longer that person. Because again, your ex is not going to want to, to get back into the same relationship that they walked out of in the first place. So in situations like this, the most important thing to do is to continue to show up with consistency as the best version of yourself. And what that's going to do is that's going to create a sort of disconnect in your ex between this negative version of you that they're seeing in their lives, um, in their mind, when they're looking at you and when they're thinking about you, versus the version of you that's actually showing up in real life. And there's gonna be this disconnect between the two of them and your ex is going to not, at least initially, they're not gonna know which one they should put their trust in, whether this is the real you or whether this is the real you. And so as, as you continue to show them this version of you, the best version of you, this version of you is going to start to, the, the, the worst version of you, I have to keep mentioning these things for the people that are listening to the audio podcast of this, um, the, the worst version of you is going to start to lose power in their mind, and the better version of you is going to gain strength in their mind, such that um, they're going to start to put more and more faith into the positive version of you. And that is, it's gonna be a slow process because it's a, it's a trust building process and trust is something that takes time to acquire and something to build up. But as the scales sort of start to tilt to the other direction, then your ex is going to stop interacting with you as a person that's not the kind of person that they want to be with and more as the kind of uh, better version of you, okay? So I know it can be really tough when your ex is upset with you, especially when it's out of the blue, but if you start to look deeper beneath the emotional surface about what's going on, it can sometimes make a little bit more sense and sometimes clear up any misunderstandings or confusions that you may, being, that you may uh, be holding onto about maybe what's going on and how you should go forward moving uh, moving forward from here because um, you know your ex isn't just upset with you for no reason your ex is upset with you for something that is that makes total sense based off of their perception whether that is something that's accurate or whether that's something that's not accurate is um, you know it's 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 not really that important because 
they still see you through a way that's causing them to be upset with you. And as long as they are upset with you, whether it's real or perceived, um, you're gonna have a hard time creating an emotional connection with them and getting back together with them. So the most important thing that you do is you start to see things from their perspective, you start to see the world from their perspective, and that's gonna give you a better understanding about where they're at. And uh, then you just have to meet them where they're at. So if they're upset with you because they think that you're a terrible person, you have to meet them where they're at, and that is they think of you as a terrible person. That means that you need to maybe clean up some misunderstandings between the two of you. That means you need to maybe apologize for the things that you did in the past that, you know, maybe they have quite a legitimate right to be upset about or something else entirely. But you have to meet them where they are at emotionally. And then once you actually listen to them and understand them, that's when they can start to let go of this upset. And that's when you can actually start to guide them towards having a stronger emotional connection with you through having greater bonding, greater connection, and greater trust and um, emotional, uh, all that stuff. I'm running out of synonyms for connection here. Um, but anyway, hope this has helped you out. Once again, if you like us and you'd like to support this channel, please do me a favor by giving this video a thumbs up and by subscribing to this channel if you're not already. Also, be sure to sign up for our newsletter over at relationshipinnergame.com so that we can send you some guidance and strategies and tips to help you through your breakup. Um, and, you know, if it makes sense, you might also want to consider signing up for one of our courses, such as the X Solution Program course. You can learn more about that over at modernlove.life ESP. Okay, let's see what folks are talking about in the chat section. I saw we had a couple of super chats. So, uh, first of all, thank you so much for the super chats. Um, I'll go ahead and get to those. Um, let's see, the first one is from Tabitha. Tabitha says, X is in a rebound. X is really kind and responsive at times. She makes contact regularly, but stops. But she seems so disinterested in me at the same time. She is, is she just being nice? Is she even interested? Okay, so she's kind and responsive at times um, and makes contact regularly, but stops. All right, yeah, yeah, okay. So my guess is that your ex probably is interested in at least connecting with you and seeing where, you, where things are at with you. And, um, you know, if there's something there, I'm sure she'd probably be willing to take it and run with it. Now, you might be saying like, okay, well, why does she then drop off the face of the earth? Why does she drop conversations mid-chat? What's going on there? And there's a couple things that could be going on. First is that... Uh, you know, the dynamic in the chat, in the conversation, may not be high quality. You know, for example, um, it's really common for people to have text message exchanges, for example, that go along the lines of, hey, what's up? Oh, not much. What's new with you? Oh, nothing new. I'm just hanging out today. What are you up to? Oh, just chilling. And, you know, it just goes back and forth like that, where there's not really a whole lot being exchanged. Um, like if you really look at it from an emotional perspective, what's going on is one person is sending out a simple kind of probing um, message, just testing the waters to see what the other person's going to respond with. That person responds in a very disinterested sort of way. You know, what are you up to? And they respond with, oh, not much. What are you up to? You know, there's, there's like no vulnerability. There's no sharing. There's no transparency or honesty in there. It's just, a, it's just like a very low investment kind of um, response. And so what happens is you end up just getting this sort of like ping pong thing back and forth of, 
low investment, low quality responses. And um, the way that you break that is that you start by being vulnerable first. You want to share something about what your experience is first. You want to open up and talk about what's going on with you. Now, obviously, you want to do this in a good way. That's not going to be, um, you know, attached to outcome, clingy, needy, and all that stuff. There's a very big difference between negative vulnerability and positive vulnerability. We've talked about this in a previous video. Uh, if I can find that video, I'll put a link to that up in the in a video card up there in the corner um, after this video is done being live. But um, you'll definitely want to to make sure that that there is actually some emotional depth in the communication that you're having with your ex. Okay. Um, beyond that, it could also be that maybe your ex is in a is in a uncomfortable place where maybe she's unable or un, uh, un, unavailable to respond to you. You know, for example, uh, maybe she's driving, maybe she's, you know, like doing something else. And then once she actually is able to return to that message, maybe the moment has passed. Maybe the moment of the like vibe and the inside joke and all of that has passed and it just doesn't seem like it's worth picking it up. Or, um, you know, potentially there, there is a very slim possibility that your ex is doing this to play some sort of mind game or just, you know, to control you or something like that. And I know on the internet, people often pile onto this assumption as if it's the, the first and most likely thing that your ex is doing, but it's really not. I mean, most people have so much better going on with their life than to sit around playing mind games with other people. Most people would rather just have an actual, legitimate, real, meaningful conversation with somebody else, a meaningful connection with somebody else than to sit around playing these like stupid junior high mind games, okay? Nothing wrong with any of you if you are junior high school students, uh, but you know, let's just say you have a pretty poor reputation when it comes to emotional maturity. I can tell you this as a former junior high school student myself. Um, but, I mean, there, there is that possibility, right? But you should know, you should know if your ex is playing mind games with you or not because you have been in a relationship with them. You have had a relationship with them for I don't know how long, months or years even. And so um, you should have a good sense of their personality and whether they have it in them to play mind games, whether they're likely to play mind games, whether they are gonna you know, use you in that sort of way. And so you should have an inkling as to whether or not this is in their um, personality or not, whether this is a possibility for them or not, or if they're just an open and honest and genuine person. So um, these are some things that you wanna think about. Um, again, I would probably assume that your ex is not playing mind games, not stringing you along intentionally, but that she is really just trying to form an emotional connection with you and that uh, for whatever reason, that connection just is not unfolding in a way that's really inspiring her to want to you know, jump on and engage in that interaction. I mean, I guess another possibility could be that, um, yeah, there is an emotional connection there, there's an emotional charge in your interactions there, but that maybe it's a little bit too much too fast and it's causing her to feel uncomfortable to the point where she wants to distance herself from that because maybe she doesn't feel prepared or ready for that degree of connection at this point in time. That's absolutely a possibility as well too. So you wanna consider that um, as well too in terms of pacing. Maybe you don't wanna to go too deep too fast, um, but you also don't wanna just stay on that kind of you know ping pong table back and forth of like, hey, how you doing? Good, what's going on with you? Not much, all that stuff, right? You wanna slowly start to deepen down to increasing levels of more emotional connection and more intimacy between the two of you, okay? 
Um, I saw that there was another super chat. Let's go ahead and find that one. Okay, uh, do you take video ideas for dealing with exes? I mean, yeah, I mean, if somebody has a great video idea, um, I'm absolutely open to making that video. Uh, I mean, you know, I'd have to be a, a completely not great YouTube content creator to have people suggest video ideas and for me to turn them down, assuming they're like, you know, ideas that would be helpful to lots of people. I mean, if it's like some sort of super specific situation that only applies to you and nobody else on the planet, then, you know, maybe I won't do it. But if it's something that it seems like it would help a lot of people, then sure, I would absolutely do that kind of uh, video idea. I saw you had a comment bullet beneath that one. Maybe that was you suggesting a video. Um, I have some topics if you do. Um, yeah, yeah, totally open to that if you have any topics that you'd like me to do. Okay, so those are the super chats. Um, I'm just going to go through the, the other comments that people have left here. Um, even though I haven't got my ex back, this has helped me out so much. Well, thank you so much, Tabitha, for saying that. That, that you know, just hearing stuff like that, even from you know, my YouTube channel and all of that and people that pick up my books or whatever, you know, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful to um, hear that from people. I mean, you know, of course, I, I like helping people in a like, you know, a coaching sort of capacity, but even the people that I don't get to work with directly as hands-on, you know, people that maybe watch me on YouTube or something like that, I really appreciate uh, the fact that, you know, people are saying that I'm providing a great value to their life. That, that really means a lot to me. People are saying that they can't hear me. Um, okay, I, I don't know, maybe that one person just needs to turn up their volume or something. Um, the, the difference between an ex who is hot and cold and an ex who is just toxic. Well, you have to, again, like I was saying before, you were in a relationship with your ex. You should know their personality. And if you believe that they're toxic and you would have probably seen that kind of behavior through your actual relationship. You would have seen that kind of behavior show up in their personality while you were together. Because again, it's not like toxic people just like suddenly, you know, become toxic as the result of a breakup. They, they're probably toxic in a long-term sort of sense where it's a consistent part of how they're bringing themselves to the light, to their life, to their relationships and so on and so forth. So, you know, you should have seen some sort of evidence about that uh, during your time together. If on the other hand, they didn't seem like a toxic person and suddenly they're giving you this hot and cold sort of behavior, it's like, okay, that's probably due to the breakup and it's probably most likely due to a sense of confusion and them trying to understand and work through their emotions about how they feel about you, how they feel about other things in their life that might be um, involved with that or related to that in some way and so on and so forth. Um, but that's how I'd really go ahead and uh, make that distinction there. Um, where did we leave off? Um, is it matured to approach an ex and apologize to her per your previous video or a handwritten letter? Handwritten letter, no, they kind of distant even after no contact, did a lot of begging and pleading before no contact. Yeah, I mean, it, it really depends on a situation uh, that you have. Like, um, you know, I was, I actually had, have currently a, uh, a client who, who is, um, you know, writing his ex a handwritten letter. And, 
it's not as if there's anything magical about handwritten letters um, or like face-to-face -face interactions or anything like that, but it makes sense in his particular circumstance because his particular ex has a certain, you know, personality type where she really appreciates um, analog sort of things, you know, uh, personalized sort of things, handmade, handcrafted sort of things. So that definitely makes sense. Um, but, you know, when it comes to whether you should write the handwritten letter or whether you should um, apologize in person or whether you should use some other medium, email, text message, whatever, um, you have to look at this a couple different ways. First of all, it's where is their attention? Now, when it comes to things such as text messaging, oftentimes you're interrupting the other person as they're going about their day. You know, they could just be in line at the grocery store and suddenly their phone rings and, uh, you know, they don't really have time to respond to it because they're in the middle of talking to the clerk at the store and they're bagging their food and all of that stuff and they're trying to carry the bags down to the car and they're juggling their keys in one hand and all of that stuff. That, like, that's more of an interrupted kind of attention. Whereas, you know, when, when you send somebody a letter or even an email, you know, they, they have to go out of their way to get it. They have to give that thing their full attention. You know, it's like, okay, let me open up the mailbox. Oh, look at that. There's a letter. It's from my ex. What does this say? I don't know. You know, they're, they're giving it their full attention. It's not like they're in the middle of cooking dinner and then like suddenly a letter just gets like slapped in their face or something like that. Um, they, they, they have to intentionally go and pick it up and open it. So that's where their attention is at. So that's why, you know, generally speaking, doing things where somebody is able to give you more of their attention in a direct sort of way tend to work a whole lot better than things that are, you know, interrupting somebody in the middle of doing something else, or at least have the capacity to interrupt somebody in the middle of doing something else. Um, you know, that's why doing things like meeting up in person is a great thing to do because someone is setting aside time, they're going out of their way to meet up with you, they're giving you their full attention. It's not just like, oh, you know, if I don't got anything better to do, sure, I'll text for you. No, it, it, somebody's actually giving you 100% of their attention, and that goes a long way towards keeping them focused and allowing them to um, really experience you in, in, in the full, okay? And then the other thing that you want to also consider as well, too, is their experience of you, right? So, like, obviously, meeting up in person is great because you can see somebody's facial expressions, you can read their body language, you can hear the tone in their voice, and you can understand, like, oh, okay, they're being a little bit sarcastic right now, or they're telling a joke, or, or they, they, there seems to be something on their mind because they are just trailing off and looking off into the distance or something like that. Whereas if it's something that's more text-based, whether it's a text message, an email, or a handwritten letter or something like that, you, um, you have the risk of losing some of that and there's a greater chance that somebody might misinterpret something that you say. So, you know, somebody, you might write something down really kind and lovingly um, as an attempt to, you know, maybe have a fun, lighthearted joke or something to, to, to open them up and make them smile. But what if they don't take it as a joke? What if they take it as a serious kind of thing and, they, and it actually backfires and it causes them to become, like, hurt or offended or something like that? I mean, you know, things like that have happened before in my life. Um, and so you have to also consider that as well, too. So, you know, when you're thinking about connecting with your ex, when you're thinking about contacting your ex, uh, whether it's for an apology or whether it's just communicating with them in general, you have to think about these sorts of things, like where's their attention at and how much of you are they getting? Are they just getting written words? Are they getting your voice? Are they getting to see you and all of your facial expressions and body language as well too? 
But you know, generally speaking, the closer to in-person that you get, the better things are going to be. Okay, I saw we had another super chat. Um, part one, why doesn't he make the move? Can I help? Uh, not sure. Is this in reference to some other? Um, oh yeah, my ex of one year used to be in a group chat with me and my sister on Instagram sending memes. Now I deleted Instagram. He still sends memes, but also talks a lot about me. Asks my, I guess, asks for my pictures. Also messages me once a week. Um, oh, there's another one from you. Uh, Clay, so my ex and I have one year. Um, he and my sister are friends. We used to be in a group chat on Instagram. I do, that's pretty much the same stuff. Okay. Um, okay, and then there's a third comment that has pretty much the same stuff. Okay, so um, why doesn't he make the move? Okay, yeah, so the, the question here is, why doesn't your ex make the move and contact you even though uh, he's asking for pictures of you from, I guess, your sister since you've left the group chat? Um, so yeah, why, why isn't he making the move? And the reason why is because he may feel shy about it. Again, I don't know the whole details of your situation, but your ex may feel shy about it. He may feel like, oh wow, I've hurt you so much through this breakup. Like, who am I to reach out to you? Like, uh, that would be awfully presumptuous of me to do that. So maybe I'll just kind of, you know, even though I miss you a lot, I might just slowly kind of talk to other people to try and find out a way that I can start to feel emotionally close to you again. And I know, I mean, there, there's so many presumptions that a lot of people have when it comes to breakups. I know that um, people that get dumped, they often think, oh, well, you know, they should be the first ones to contact me because they broke up with me. But on the other side of the coin, people that do the breaking up, they can sometimes feel like, oh, well, you know, I've hurt you so much already. Who am I to reach back out to you? Like if you wanted to restore things, you'd, you'd reach out to me or something like that. And so what can sometimes happen is you get two people both expecting the other person to make the first move. And what, what essentially happens is nobody makes the move. So, I mean, like I don't like situations where you are essentially giving up your power to circumstance to somebody else making the first move. Um, I understand that some people have this belief. Some people believe that you know, you should do no contact and you should never ever break it and you should wait for the other person to crack under the pressure and contact you. But I've seen that absolutely not pan out so many times um, that I just don't think it's a good idea. And I think that if you want to restore contact with somebody, you should just restore contact with that person by picking up the phone and texting them, calling them, maybe sending them an email, maybe, uh, you know, writing them a letter if that makes sense or whatever it might be. But you should put in that first step to restoring contact rather than just waiting around indefinitely because you think it might, you know, make you look low status or something. Because at the end of the day, I mean, like, most people don't care if they look low status or not. They just want to have a relationship with the person that they want. And if that's you and you don't care about status, you just want to have a great relationship with a person who happens to be your ex, then don't worry about status. Just focus on connecting. Focus on restoring that connection. Um, if status is more important to you than a relationship, that's fine too, but I'm 
probably not the person to, you know, give you strategies on how to go about doing that. You should talk to, I don't know, somebody whose expertise is in gaining social status or something like that. But that's not what I'm about. I'm about helping you to connect emotionally with your ex in this case. So, um, you know, if you do want to restore some sort of contact with him and for whatever reason he's not making the move, just reach out to him, just contact him, just see what he's up to, see if he's willing to have a conversation with you. You know, if he's asking for pictures of you, if he's talking to your sister and all that, chances are he wants to talk to you, chances are he would love to reconnect with you and see where things go, and uh, chances are to be pretty receptive if you were to contact him. So anyway, I hope that helps you out. Um, anyway, guys, we're at about 30 minutes here, so I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up. Anyway, thanks so much again for tuning in. Once again, if you'd like to support this channel, please do me a favor by hitting that like button by subscribing to this channel if you're not already. And if you'd like to get more advice and strategies, please make sure that you're on our newsletter over at relationshipintergame.com. Or if it makes sense, consider signing up for one of our courses, such as the X Solution Program. You can find that over at modernlove.life slash ESP. Anyway, take care and I'll talk to you guys tomorrow.